Can you hear me better now? All right, great. So I asked my father-in-law that question. I said, how do we cultivate the presence of God in a church service, in our lives, personally? And here was the answer that he gave us. If you're in Psalm 22, look at verse 3. I'm going to read it to you out of the New King James. It says in verse 3, But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Enthroned in the praises of Israel. In the ESV version, it says, yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In the footnotes, it says, or the dwelling, uh, dwelling in the praises. And then in uh, the easy to read version, that same verse says, God, you are the Holy One. You sit as king upon the praises of Israel. God comes and he inhabits our praises. When you and I are praising God and we're worshiping Him and we're drawing near to Him, He comes and He inhabits those praises. See what Jesus did, you remember when He died on the cross, the, the, the curtain in the temple, what happened? It was ripped in two from top to bottom. What was the significance of the, of the curtain being ripped? Jesus has become the way for you and I to enter the presence of God. Now we did a teaching on the tabernacle weeks ago and you can go back and listen to it. It's on our website. But we learned about the tabernacle, that the outside tent coming into the tabernacle was called the way. The next curtain going into the holy place was called the truth. And the curtain going into the holy of holies was called the life. So Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, no one comes to the Father except through me. He said, I'm the doorway. So we enter the presence of God through Jesus, right? This is why he did this. This is why he died on the cross when that curtain was ripped in two. But what happens when you come into the tabernacle? What's the very first thing that you see? The altar of sacrifice. And it's a bronze altar. The bronze stands for suffering. So what happens at the altar of sacrifice? You bring and you present your offering. That means it's something that costs. You know, when my, when my wife, um, when I asked her to marry me, she said, okay, but don't buy a ring. She said, I work at a jewelry store. At that time she was working at K Jewelers. She said, I work at a jewelry store, so please don't give me a ring. Uh, I, you know, I, I want to be able to pick it out and that kind of thing. So I asked her to marry me on the south rim of the uh, Grand Canyon. It's a beautiful place. We have a team here of people that just got done doing a rim to rim. Congratulations, guys. Yeah, suffered through that, got through it. But I just, I didn't hike it. I just stood on the beautiful south rim. And I asked her to marry me, but when I asked her to marry me, I wasn't going to give her nothing. What do we do? What do we just shake hands? You know, kiss, seal this thing. No, I really felt like I was supposed to give her something. So I bought her a ring that had a birthstone in it. And when I pulled the box out, she got so nervous. Why? Because she had a greater ring in mind. But I said, no, no, we're gonna buy that one too. I just didn't wanna come up here and ask you. I'm not gonna present nothing to you and ask for your hand in marriage. How many of you men know that's right? Yeah, yeah. 
And so here's this bronze sacrifice, this altar of sacrifice. And when you come in, many Christians, when we come into a church service and we begin to worship God, we begin to praise God, they don't make it past the altar of sacrifice in their praise, in their worship. Why? Because we're not presenting something always that costs us something. You know, this past Monday was Memorial Day and I had something interesting happen. I somehow threw a vertebrae out in the center of my back, back here. And when I threw it out, suddenly I had a headache. I, I never get headaches. I don't, I can't remember the last time I had a headache, but it was one of those headaches that was so intense that, and I took it to ibuprofen and later the chiropractor told me, he said, yeah, uh, he said, when you're out like this, he said, you can take ibuprofen and it doesn't, it doesn't affect it. Well, I can verify that because I took two and all I got was nauseous on top of being, having a headache. And I mean, it was, it was so rough and, and I thought, well, I'm gonna go outside and I'm gonna get some fresh air. My wife and I played a round of, uh, of uh, what's it called? Cornhole, thank you. Yeah, and so we were trying to, we were playing some cornhole and every time I bent over to pick up a beanbag, I mean, it was all I could do to just stand up, just the pain was throbbing. And so I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, Holy Spirit, what can I, what do I need to do here? And he reminded me of what my father-in-law said, that God inhabits the praises of his people. So I went and got in our bathroom because that's my prayer room. If you've ever been in our bathroom, it's the size of a bedroom. I mean, it's a massive place. And, and so I get in there and I love spending time in prayer in that room. And, and I got in there and I mean, it's just throbbing. Every time I put my head down, I'm trying to hold it, position my head in such a way that that I can find some kind of relief. And I began to lift my arms up and I began to try to sing and I couldn't sing very very, very well, you know, because it hurt to sing. And I began to sing, I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice, take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your just begin to sing, I begin to sing, and I started looking at the bathtub, and I thought, man, I'm going to take a bath, and I laid down, and I went to bed at like 7 p.m., and I didn't wake up until the next morning, the headache was gone, I was just worshiping God, and thanking Him, because, you know, oftentimes, we just go straight to God and we, and we pray and we ask Him, you know, to heal us. We ask Him for the things that we need. And here's what I've discovered is that in His presence is the answer to every question. 
healing for every sickness. I just need to get into his presence. Did you hear what I said? I just need to get into his presence. And man, when we get into his presence, when we begin to worship him and we begin to love on our king, it's like you don't even have to ask for your needs to be met. My focus is, is so much not on my needs that I just come before him. I get on my knees, not on my needs. I get on my knees and I begin to pray and I begin to just love on my father. And you know what? Answers begin to come. Suddenly he knows what's going on in my life. I'm not saying we don't ask. I, I know the scripture you have not because you ask not. But too, for too long, I would bring my laundry list to God. And when, the laund when I was through the laundry list, prayer time was over. How many of you? No, don't raise your hand. I know I'm not the only one. Man, I began, that was my prayer life. But I said, no, God, I, I'm going to bring you the sacrifice of praise. What is the sacrifice of praise? That means it's going to cost me something. That cost me on Memorial Day. I did not feel like singing and worshiping. Now, how many of you know we can do what we don't feel like doing by faith? How many of your spouses, your spouse has been in the mood, but you haven't been? What did you have to do? You had to do it by faith. And guess what happened? Your feelings followed your faith. I don't think you should talk like that in church, Phil. Well, I, you'll get over it. It's okay. <laughs> we got to start in faith and end with your feelings lining up with your faith instead of vice versa. Because it's vice versa for most people. They follow their feelings instead of following faith. Yeah, okay. So you get into that, you get into the tabernacle and there's that altar of sacrifice. Hebrews 13, 15 says, therefore by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise. Why do you say that many Christians don't make it beyond this point? Because they're not willing to pay the cost, pay the price to get into his presence. Because I don't know what it's like for you, but oftentimes I get into prayer and I get down on my knees and I begin to worship God and I begin to love on him. And at first it's toil. Why? Because my feelings haven't quite lined up yet because I'm doing it by faith. And sometimes it feels like toiling because I'm, I'm going through motions and I'm beginning to talk to God and I'm beginning to speak to him from my heart. It gets better and better the more that you're the more that I've done it because it gets easier and it gets easier and I, and I and I'm getting into his presence more quickly. But many people don't get beyond this point because they have trouble getting still and giving their full attention to him. But that's what God wants us to do on Sunday mornings when we come in here together, is to lay aside life, lay aside what's going on with me, and let's focus in 
and enter into his presence and sacrifice my flesh, sacrifice my pride, sacrifice what's going on in me because I believe that God wants to take this church to a place that we haven't been before. So there's gonna be a sacrifice that needs to happen on the altar of sacrifice before we can move on into the holy place and then the holy of holies. Do you guys see that? Something has to die out here so that we can go in to where he is. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Remember David? David, he was going to purchase the threshing floor from that guy, Arana. And he said, and, and he offered it to David for free. He said, I'll give you everything. And David said this. This was his answer. He said, no, but I will surely buy it from you for a price. Nor will I offer burnt offerings because he offered his oxen and everything for the burnt offerings. He said, nor will I offer uh, my Lord offerings that cost me nothing. Man, you think about the widow with the two mites. There were all these people that were coming and they were giving into the offering and Jesus was watching the amounts that were being put in. That's good news. Jesus watches offerings. <laughs> so he's watching the offerings. And this widow comes and she puts in two small mites. And then Jesus turned to his disciples. He said, this, one, this widow put in more than everyone else. How is that possible? Because they gave out of their abundance. They had plenty left over. She, on the other hand, gave everything she had. Have you come to a place in your Christianity where you've literally laid down your life and you've said, God, I want to give you everything. I'm not going to hold on to anything any longer. I'm not going to hold on to my kids. I'm not going to hold on to my career. See, nowhere in the Bible does it say, hey, come to an altar, pray a prayer to receive Jesus, but then you go and do whatever you want to do and just ask God to bless it. He said, no, I know the plans I have for you. So what is my job? My responsibility is to find out what that plan is, lay down my will, sacrifice my will on the altar of sacrifice and take up his plans for me and my life because they're good plans. They're better plans. Uh, Phil, I don't know, what if he sends me to Africa? it will be the greatest adventure you've ever had in your life. I'm not saying he will, but if he does, it'll be amazing and you'll love it. See, God knows what you like better than you do because he's the one that gave you what you like. But the most important thing is that something has to die at this altar of sacrifice. Something has to die. Man, thank you, Lord. Wow. <clears throat> don't, let the, don't let the cost scare you. See, when we, when we began to sing around my father's bed, that was the greatest sacrifice that we can bring. And here's the good news about sacrifices. 
fire always falls where there's, where there's sacrifice. So what will it cost? The fruit of your lips, giving thanks. Hebrews 13, 15. Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. See, praise requires your mouth. You can't praise without your mouth. Go ahead, right now, try and praise your neighbor without saying anything to him. See if you can do that. You can't do it without your mouth. It's the fruit of our lips. And what, what's the fruit of our lips? What is it we're doing? We are giving thanks. Giving thanks. I tripped on something the other day and I bruised this whole side of my foot. If I took my shoe and sock off, which I won't, there's a big black line all the way down my foot. And it hurt. And my whole body, I, I, all I could feel was the foot. Right? But then, I, but then I begin to think about how people, whenever they're sick, that seems to be the focus, the, the part that hurts. And so all the attention is given to that instead of thanking God for all of the other stuff that works in your body. And I begin to think about that and I said, oh God, thank you that I have a left foot that works good. Lord, thank you that I have arms. Thank you that, you know, I heard about this guy that was doing lyrics and they called him the four-fingered flipper because he was missing a finger. And he was the one that ran the overhead. You guys remember those overhead machines? If, if you were born, never mind. I'm sorry. But you guys remember the overheads, right? And, you, and they were on the clear paper and you had to switch the paper. Anyway, I heard, anyway, he, had, he only had four fingers and he was flipping, sorry. Okay, because people would have trouble worshiping because they would be counting fingers up there. Okay, Psalm 100. Let me read down Psalm 100, sorry. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Woo! Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. True praise lets heaven know that God is real to you. True praise lets heaven know that you're ready for his presence to come and fill the room. True praise. Man, can we just practice that here for a moment? Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Come on, just begin to thank God. Just close your eyes for a minute. Begin to thank him with your mouth. Just begin to thank him. Thank him for all the good things that he's doing in your life. Thank him that you have enough money to put fuel in your car. Forget the gas prices. Just thank him you've got money to fill it up. Just begin to thank him for your wife, your, your husband, your kids, your the job that God has blessed you with. With the relatives that you're close to, what you see them doing in, in your nephew's life or your, or your niece's life. Thank you, Father. I hear people say all the time, I can't sing, Phil. I can't sing. That's a lie. Everybody can sing. Everybody can sing. Not everybody should record. Not everybody should sing on a mic. But everybody can sing. But here's the good news. In Psalm 100, it says, make a joyful noise. 
to the Lord. Okay, come on, I wanna practice here. We're gonna take the next five, three seconds. I'm gonna count to three, but you guys can do this. We're gonna make a joyful noise. Notice it says joyful, not a sour scowl, not an angry, you know? Come on, it says make a joyful noise. Can we practice this this morning? On the count of three, I want you to make a joyful noise for three seconds. I believe you can do it. You can do it? All right, you ready? Are you ready? Come on, Jacob's ready. What about the rest of you? He came back, he came back from the sin, man. He's tanned and ready to yell. You ready on the count of three? One, two, three. people put their arms up. I don't understand what that, all, that's, all that's about. Man, haven't you ever, when you were a little kid, didn't you ever hurt yourself or skin your knee and you put your arms up to your father? Why? Daddy, hold me. And he came, gave you a hug, and somehow that made it all better, didn't it? Or mom gave you a hug. Neosporin, Band-Aid, all good, right? Man, that's why we put our hands up in the air. It's twofold. It's complete surrender. It's a way that we can express our love for Him. And we're saying, Daddy, pick me up. Pick me up. See, God didn't say to make a perfect melody in harmony of the Lord, did He? Let's look at another scripture over in Psalm 98. And then I want to then I want to do something different. Psalm 98. Look at verse 4. It says, shout joyfully to the Lord. Did we just do that? Yeah. We just shouted joyfully to the Lord. It says, all the earth, break forth in song. Man, I don't know about you, but there are times that the Spirit of God just begins to fill my heart, and I'll just begin to think about a song, and I'll begin to hum it what's going on I'm breaking forth into song and then he says rejoice so if you see somebody that's down and out somebody that's kind of a sourpuss they're not they're not bringing the sacrifice of praise they're not doing what Psalm 98 verse 4 says you know when when you're filled with the Spirit of God it brings joy to your life did you hear me? It brings joy to your life. That's one of the saddest things is to see Christians walking around depressed, discouraged, downhearted. That's not who God wants us to be. And then he says, sing praises. Sing praises. And I'm telling you, 
praise is the pathway into his presence. He says, I inhabit the praises. That's where God inhabits. So I don't know about you, when my father-in-law said that, it just went off in me and I said, God, I want us to do that this next week. I want us to spend some time pressing into his presence through the praise of our lips, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to him. And all the other expressions. Well, you don't know, I mean, Phil, I'm, I'm just conservative. I feel like my praise is a private thing. Okay, we'll stop that. Does that mean you do the same thing with your wife or your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend? You don't express to them that you love them. That's, that's not scriptural. Man, David loved God so much, he danced his clothes off. I'm not asking you to dance your clothes off this morning. But what I am asking you to do is for all of us to participate in bringing our praise to him and stepping out of ourselves, stepping out of pride, stepping out of what will people think. People are gonna think whatever they're gonna think. I got news for you. And you're not gonna be able to stop it. You're not gonna be able to manipulate that in any way anyway, so it doesn't matter. So, But I'll tell you what does matter is it does matter what he thinks. Because he said, draw near to me in the book of James. He said, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. So who takes the first step? We do. We take the first step toward him and then he draws near to us. So when we're worshiping him, if, if, if Jesus doesn't show up on a Sunday morning service here at Vision, why are we here? Why are we here? And if he inhabits the praises of his people and we're not praising him, then we didn't take the first step. So you guys ready to praise him a little bit? Okay, I don't think I heard a single yes. Was that, okay. Was that just me or did I have something in my ear? Okay, well, hey, let's all stand up together because now we're gonna practice his presence in here this morning.